Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and one. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Going to go through my Supercoach draft team for 2024. I'll tell you what, Kat, a big weekend it was. Yeah, I mean, we saw a little bit of a little bit of it on your social media. But um, look, before we get into your team, I want to know how this draft day actually goes for you because mm. you've got, what is it, 14 mates that you play with? Yeah, 14 mates. For those that are new to draft or haven't consumed this sort of content before, 14 mates. Uh, we go down the south coast of New South Wales to Kiama, beautiful town there. Um, and, yeah, we all bring our laptops and whatnot, all 14 of us sit around, have a couple of brewskis uh, and draft our Supercoach draft team. So the way the draft works, guys, as with, like, Supercoach Classic, for example, um, you know, me and Kat might both like Kalen Ponga, for example, in Classic, so we'll both own him. Tim will probably own him too because he does everything that I do. Uh-huh. Uh, but in draft, Kalen Ponga can only be owned by one person. So if I've got him, it means Kat can't have him or Tim can't have him. Uh, so you become very personalised with your team throughout the year, uh, which is super exciting. So you've got to be very careful with who you pick and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, 14 of us going through that. There's an order, 1 to 14. Uh, you go through in the first round and in the second round, pick 14 goes again. So if you're pick one, you get pick one and 28. So you get an absolute gun, mm. but then you have to let a lot of guns go to come back. So the Supercoach draft, I absolutely love it. And if you guys out there can get your mates to do it, I would highly advise it, Kat. It's unreal. That sounds very fun. So that being said, what pick did you end up with in the end? Yeah, so we have our challenges to decide our draft pick. I ended up at pick number eight. Now – Kat, you may remember that before, well, the first challenge I did okay in, the second challenge I did all right in, I was sitting at about fourth overall after that. Then the third challenge that we had was a couple of weeks ago and it was a gambling challenge and you know me, I just went, fuck it, I want to try and win this thing. I went all in, I came up absolute duck eggs. Uh, So came dead last in that one. So uh, the way that it works for each challenge was that the person that came first got 14 points, the person that came last got one point. So when you come last, it's a pretty big kick in the dick. Uh, So when I came last, that dropped me pretty heavily. It was rattle stations. Um, (laughs) And then we had two challenges left on draft day. 
It's actually really done by the guy that. So the, the the guy that wins the comp last year, he gets to pick the challenges for that season. And the challenge was really good. They were sort of all, all chance, but they were fun. Anyway, one challenge that he picked out was that you had to pick a song that you know well, right? Now, you know me, not a big music guy. <laughs> this will shock all of you out there beyond belief, but not a great singer either and even worse dancer. So so many people are just shocked right now. Tell me about it. Yeah, I'm sure it will rattle many. Um, so the song that I picked was, have a guess. You know, I have crickets. <laughs> when he asked me, I had crickets too. Because <laughs> I don't. I don't think you and I have ever spoken about music. I don't think we ever will. This is this is probably peak of our music conversation. So I went the one song that I probably know from start to finish, which is Kenny Rogers, The Gambler. Great <laughs> song. Very Got, appropriate. Very appropriate. Um, it's funny. We all had to m- message the guy what song we wanted and he said if there's any double ups, uh, which there probably won't be, but if there is person that goes for, says it first will get it. Anyway, the first two texts he got was me asking for the gambler and then another guy asking for the gambler. Unbelievable. Cute. Yeah. So thank God I got him first because it's literally the only song I know. <laughs> so there was a bit of head noise heading into draft day. I was like, my God, if I have to sing, dance, do anything, I'm in all sorts. I might just anxiety myself into pick 14. Um, anyway, it turns out all he did was put it in a playlist and shuffle it and we went in that order. Oh. So – very quick, very easy, thankfully. Uh, but my song finished 11th out of 14th. So okay. wasn't good. So collected, no. I think, three points or four points for that challenge. Uh, and that came to the last challenge. And I was sitting in 12th place and I was thinking, well, this is fucked. And I'm, at that point I was sort of like, well, do I throw the last challenge to get pick 14 because then I'll get back-to-back picks? And I had a plan for that. Um, or do I go for it? And I thought, you know what, let's just go for it and let's see what happens. So the last challenge was a really interesting one. We went down to the beach at Kayama, all 14 of us. My mate Steve, who was in charge, he put down like a crate and that was the starting point. And he said to the commissioner of our league, uh, Cozzy, he said, pick a number between 100 and 300. And he picked, I think it was 187. So what we had to do without any technology was walk out the sand and you had to put your marker where you thought 187 metres was. It was very interesting. The um, creativity of this. Yeah, it was actually very astounding. creative. I thought it was great. So the first guy put his down and I thought, oh, I think that's short. I think we're short of 187. I think we're in the ballpark. The hard thing is too, like, because it's sand, it's like water, it's so hard to measure. Yeah. Like when it's grass or concrete, it's sort of a little bit easier to vibe. Sand is fucked. Like it was insane. Um, anyway. One of the boys actually nailed 187, which was very impressive. Wow. It was incredible. Um, and I, I was about 185. So I got – I either got second or third in that challenge. So that one was double points as well. Okay. So that boosted me right back up. So I ended up finishing eighth, which – Eight is very solid. Eight's very solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eight's solid. So if you have – if you think about like Supercoach draft and, you know, the best Supercoach players in the game, there's probably seven absolute guns. And then there's pick eight, which I thought – I'll probably be able to get Ryan Pappenhausen and mm-hmm. he's the guy that I can gamble on. I think he's the one most likely out of the seven to jump into the seven if he play if, if he goal kicks throughout the year and whatnot, which obviously the trial was two nights before and he didn't goal kick. So there was a bit of risk in that, but I thought, you know what, Pappy's going to be my guy and um, we kicked off draft and um, one of my good mates, Filipino, he, uh, he took Pappy at number five. So oh, it wow. shifted everything. He took the big gamble, which I thought was – I actually back it. I, I like that approach because he's trying to win it. He's not just trying to be yeah. relevant. Were you were you pretty rattled by that? 
Uh, no, I was actually stoked with it because Pappy was a gamble and there were seven other dudes I would have been happy to take. So essentially what that meant when he took Pappy, it meant that I was either going to get Drinky or Latrell. Love it. Love it, yeah. It was a very good spot to be in. I would have rather Drinky um, and I knew the guy in front of me is a South fan, so I thought I reckon he'll go Latrell Eamon and thankfully he did. Um, so yeah, got Scott drink water. So so pick one, Scott drink water. Yes, pick one, Scotty drink bloke. Uh, very very happy with that. I've actually had him a few times throughout the years. Um, I drafted him a couple of years ago, like round ten, and he absolutely killed it for me. He ended up being a top twenty player. So good omens around that. Um, if you have a look at Scotty Drinkwater's scores, the Cowboys they started really slow last year, Cat, and then back into the season they did really well. If you actually have a look over the last 12 weeks of last season, which is a pretty good sample size, Drinkwater averaged 100 points. Wow. So if the Cowboys can just keep their shit together and just Mm -hmm. be somewhat relevant, I think I'm in a good spot. The other big advantage of Drinky is that our grand finals played in round 27. So I I always draft a team for round 27. Assume I'm going to be there and then give yourself the best hope to win it. Uh, He plays the Canterbury Bulldogs that week. Oh, Odds are in your favour. Odds are in my favour, but this is where it's a very delicate balancing act, Kat, that you've got a <laughs> yes, the odds are in my favour, but if the Cowboys have a great season and they finish top four, they might rest players that way. Ah, uh, yes, of course. So this is something I've got to keep in mind. The other disadvantage is that he actually has a buy in round 25. So if I make the top four and I win week one, it means I'll have that week off. So that's my aim. I have to finish top four. Okay. I have to week, win week one because then that buy doesn't matter uh, because if I have to play round 25 and it's a, it will be a must-win game if I'm playing that week, I'll be without Drinky, which will uh, really be tough. It will be tough for you. And yeah. I, without giving too much away, I've noticed you've got a few other Cowboys on the side as well. So how does that go for you by weeks having a few <laughs> from the same team? Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about pick number two in a moment, but I had a guy I was really high on who was from the Cowboys who I almost picked and I thought, no, it's too much of a gamble if yeah. you're – like you can't go two eight all eggs in. Uh, but, yes, that is something I've got to be aware of that I did get a couple of Cowboys. Um, yeah, so it is something I have got to be aware of and it yeah. could it could fist me, no doubt about <laughs> it. Uh, but fingers crossed we finished top four. We've been in this comp for 10 years. We finished top four nine times, Kat, so I'm hoping I can keep that form up. Wow. And then hopefully we can abo- avoid that buy round, which is yeah. keeping me awake at night. Yeah, well, let's move on to pick two so yep. that um you can get some sleep. I really like this one. I really like pick two. Yeah, Greg Mars Hugh. Um, I our, our league is a captain's league, uh, so you need your high ceiling players. Um, I said to you before that there was a player I was looking at. It was Val Holmes. I think he's in for a huge season. But the problem is that if I go Val Holmes, I've got my two highest scoring players in the same team, which is good, but mm. it means that I can't vice captain and captain one of them. Mm. So you've got to you're better off to spread it out. I think um, if. You know, if it was two Penrith players and I was 100% confident they were going to kill it this year, maybe it's a little bit different. But the Cowboys, a little bit of unknown there yeah. realistically. So, yeah, Greg Marshew, uh, I've said it on a number of occasions. I think that Kalen Ponger is going to absolutely fucking brain it this year. Um, I think he wins a Dahlia medal again this year. I wouldn't be surprised if he's the top super coach player at the end of the season. And if KP is firing, we know that Greg Marshew is going to be firing. So another guy that I'm very happy to have as a captain option 
Cowboys and the Newcastle Knights, two good teams that I think play finals footy, but are they two teams that I think in round 27 they're going to be so far in front that they can rest guys? Probably not. Yeah. So that's also part of my thinking around that grand final week. So Marcio, very happy to have him. I think Kalen Ponga just lays tries on for him all season. And if you have a look at, at Marcio's scores, even when he's not scoring tries, he scores about 40 to 50 points a week, which is solid. It's not a train wreck. Uh, but he's got those ceilings of, you know, 100 plus. And, you know, the, the guys that picked straight after me, they went Dill Brown, Daly Cherry Evans in round one. Mm. Personally, I would rather have Marzio over those guys because he's got that higher ceiling. He's not as consistent, mm. but I am all about chasing the highest ceiling that you can. Oh, so yeah. You Marzio know, you know what a week could come around and he absolutely smashes it for you and that could yeah. be your point of difference that week. 100%. And, yeah. you know, Dill Brown, for example, he'll score 80 every single week, which would be great, but I just don't think he has those 150s in him and I, I would rather gamble on one of Drinky or Marzio going mm. 150. I rate it. I rate it, I rate it. So pick three, talk us through Britton Nikora. Yeah, Britton Nikora. I was, uh, I've had him a couple of times over the years, big fan of him. I already had two ceiling players, so I needed a guy to just sort of solidify a little bit. Uh, our mates over at the Weekly Rubdown always have a very good stat that of the, um, I think it's something like of the top 50 players every year, about 40% of them are second row forwards. Mm. So you need to have a good one. Mm -hmm. um, so I was very happy to get him. The thing I like about Britton Nicotera is that he can – he will score high even when he doesn't score tries. But outside Nico Hines, he scores a fuckload of tries. Mm. Um, so very happy to have him. Uh, I think he's sort of real – I think he's close to being the best back rower in rugby league. I think people would straight away go – Olakowatsu for, for feeders, these sort of guys, which is fair. But I think Nicker is probably the most consistent of them all. Mm. Um, doesn't tend to have injuries too, which I really like, which is important in draft league. So, yeah, Britain, I was very happy to get him there. And yep. if you can get a guy outside Nico Hines, it's pretty good yeah. real estate. No, it's a good strategy play there for sure. And he, um, you have brought him up a couple of times before. He's, yeah. he's definitely a good shout. And I think, once again, a good, a good pod for you. Let's talk. Zach Lomax, because we you you sent me a text the other day when they were playing or ahead of their game, um, wondering if he was going to have that kicking role in this dragon side. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't want to give too much away. No, we can't give too no, much away either. But uh, yeah, that's a little private story that was hilarious. Shout out to you, you know who you are. Um, <laughs> and I know you'll be watching too. Um, yeah, so Zach Lomax, we've spoken about him a lot. Um, I believe he will end up being the Dragons' fullback. Um, on the weekend in the Charity Shield, he did not play fullback, but Tyrell Sloan, he just, I just don't think it can possibly work. The poor bastard, he's just having a tough gig. I, I actually think, I think right now, Tyrell Sloan's probably not in the right headspace to be an NRL fullback, and I, mm. I, I think they're doing him a disservice to keep on playing him there. I think he needs a spell or maybe turn him into a winger. Mm. I just – it just isn't working and I don't think it's going to work respectfully to Sloan. He's a he's a very supremely talented footballer, but I just don't think he's an NRL fullback. Um, so I, I think it's a matter of time until Zach Lomax moves to fullback. Uh, I was a little bit nervous whether he was going to keep the goal kicking. And obviously Kyle Flanagan's joined the Dragons who hits him at a pretty high click. Um, and, of course, watching that charity shield for those playing at home – as you would know, it took like 30 minutes for a fucking try to be scored. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. Um, and then when they did score the try, I forget who scored it, but Kyle Flanagan was the first guy there to hug him. 
And when the guy, I can't remember who scored, but when he scored, he stood up and he dropped the ball and he hugged Kyle Flanagan. And I was just zoned in watching Flanagan to see if he'd pick up the football or not. <laughs> and thankfully, Flanagan walked away. So Lomax came in and kicked it, which was great. Um, and then as the game unfolded, like from a very selfish super coach point of view, uh, Sloan just kept making mistakes, mistakes, mistakes. And I thought, okay, this is great for Lomax. So I'm hoping. We'll get teamless Tuesday this afternoon. I'm really hoping that uh, Lomax is given an opportunity at fullback. Um, a guy that averages like 60-odd last few years anyway, mm. wildly talented in a team that's not going well. If he can just get put into that fullback role, uh, I think it could be one of the better draft picks uh, of the year. I think he could excel into that sort of top 20, top 30 area. So you'll notice with all my guys, Kat, they are all guys that, are, that have – on a bad day, they'll score 40 to 50, but they've all got huge upside to blow you away at yeah. any given moment. So it's always my strategy in draft leagues. But he's probably the biggest gamble of them all because mm. he's in the Dragons, he's in a shit team. Yeah, um, yeah bit of a punt there. Yeah, I think the, the to your point, the biggest challenge there is the team that he's playing for. But yeah. if anyone is going to perform in that side, you know Zach Lomax is, is the one. Yeah. So there you go. Now your next two are from the Cowboys. This is what we were referring to earlier. So your pick four and five, sorry, five and six, Ruben Cotter. Yeah, um, I I absolutely love Ruben Cotter, as you all know. Obviously had the Queensland call a couple of years ago, huge fan of Ruben Cotter. Um, I'll be honest with you, this is the one that I think I dropped the ball in. Oh, really? This pick here, yeah, yeah. Ruben Cotter didn't do too well last year, super coach-wise. Um, I, I, I tend to have one draft pick a year where I get there and I just sort of go, fuck, I don't know who the best option is here. I don't know which direction is the way to go here. Um, Ruben Cotter, I sort of thought, you know what, I'm going to need the Cowboys to have a good season. He's just been given the captaincy. Uh, but probably the thing that pushed me over the edge was the dual position. Yeah. Um, having that is massive. The other thing I like about Ruben Cotter is, and my rule is always uh, in draft comps, Kat, do not pick front row forwards until the end because they're just shit. They don't score your points. They yeah. just they all get 40. Unless yeah. your name's Payne Haas, you're all getting fucking 40 and yeah. I don't care. Um, but because Ruben Cotter was dual position, it allowed me to sort of pick a second rower who can score big if he's having a good year but put him in the front row mm-hmm. to allow me to pick other second yep. row forward. So uh, Ruben Cotter, I don't think it's a bad pick, but he is – if I had to pick one that I probably regret a little bit, it might be Ruben Cotter. But if he has a bounce back season, he could average 60 and I'm flying all of a sudden. Um, and as you guys know, I've, I've always been a huge Cotter fan, so I enjoy watching yep. him play. Uh, so, yeah, Ruben Cotter at five. Six was interesting. Um, so, so Kat, in, in our competition, because there's 14 guys, if you ever think about – like, for example, halfbacks in rugby league, there's there's 17 halfbacks that run out every week. Yeah. Realistically, there's probably seven good ones. Mm. Let's be honest here. Mm. Um, Five-eights, very similar. 17 five-eights that run out every week. There's probably eight or nine good ones. Super coach-wise, there's like three fucking good ones. Mm. And what I see a lot of guys do in my comp is they rush to get these positions that are hard to get. And the way that I think is – like I just I, – I don't care about the position. Mm. I care about the points. So I don't tend – so hooker, halfback, 5'8". I always tend just to leave one of them until the end and I usually – normally it's hooker. Usually mm. I just don't draft a hooker because I don't think they have enough upside. Yeah. I looked up at round six and in my opinion a top five hooker was still sitting there, Reese Robson. Yeah. And I thought 
you know what? I need the Cowboys to do good, to do well with Drinky. Reese Robson is still sitting there. Why not fill one of those spots now? Take a guy that I think is a good footballer. Um, so Reese Robson's guy I was not high on at all. People have actually, you know, in 2022, Reese Robson killed it. Everyone wanted him in Supercoach 23, and I sort of said he's not he's not as good as he looked last year. I'm mm. very confident in saying that. He'll be a 55 average guy. He averaged around about the 55 mark last year because he just stopped scoring tries. But around six to lock up a hooker uh, who averages around 55, I just thought the value there was too good. So sort of went off track there a little bit with my usual plan, but um, I think it turned out to be the right one. I really like it. I The game that we don't talk about that I used to play. Yes. Yeah, that, that other game. He was always well a go-to for me yeah. for that role, at least for the second option for yeah. that for that um position. And if you, if you have a look at hooker, like Harry Grant's the top hooker pick. Yeah, sure, you know yeah. he does well, but like he's not playing eighty minutes. Um, the next hooker that was picked was Damien Cook, which <clears> I never would have gone near. And my mail is that Peter Mamazelis is going to be on the bench for Vegas. Mm. So Damien Cook, I don't think he's going to play eighty minutes. All of a sudden. I'd probably – like I'm pretty confident Reese Robson plays 80 minutes. Like, they yeah. carried Jake Granville all last year and never played him at hooker. 100%. He's also that guy that you know for unless there's a reason not to, he's going to play the 80 minutes. Yeah. So Reese Robson at pick six, fuck, if he can average 55, I reckon a guy like Damien Cook probably averages 65-odd this year. I think he regresses yeah. a little bit with limited minutes. I'm very, very happy with where I got Reese Robson. Yeah, I really, really rate it. Okay, let's talk about pick seven, Josh Curran. All right, so this is where the way that I see draft and the way that I do it, Kat, I always get to the end of the season and I tend to have about eight guys that I drafted. So normally they are my top six picks and then I'll normally get two Smokies that I'm happy with throughout the year. Um, so once I get past that pick six and if I'm happy with my top six guys, that's where – a lot of guys sort of get to round 10 and they go, let's start to take some gambles. Yeah. I go, no, nah, fuck it. I'm going to go in round seven. I'm going to take the earlier gambles, but I'm going to get the guys that I actually want, yeah. not the guys that happen to be left there. Yeah. So this is my first one, Josh Curran. Um, I believe at the Canterbury Bulldogs he's going to play 13. I think he has so much un- untapped potential. Mm-hmm. It is just insane. And I think the Canterbury Bulldogs, they're lacking a lot of middle forwards. Um, if there's any injuries in this team in any way, shape or form, he will be the guy that gets more minutes straight away. I think Josh Curran could be a really, really good pick. I'll be honest, on Thursday night when I watched Jamin Salmon play 13, he looked fucking unreal. Did I didn't good. love that. Uh, <laughs> but I just – I don't think the Canterbury Bulldogs have enough depth to not play Josh Curran for good minutes. No, no, no. no. And I, the way that he played – at the Warriors, he will bring that same energy to the Bulldogs and that's exactly what they need. Yeah. They need the depth. They need the experience of someone like Josh Curran as well. So I, I think he'll get the time. He's got he's got a lot of upside in his game too. I've watched Curran. I remember watching Curran when he was playing for fucking Wyong in reserve grade years ago. I've <laughs> always really liked him. He's got a lot of upside. He can, you know, I, I think as well that if anything was to happen to Viliami Kikau or Jacob Preston, he'd move straight to the edge. Mm-hmm. And he'd be an 80-minute guy immediately. And I reckon I reckon there's every chance he plays 50 minutes in the middle and then they move him to the left edge and take Kikau off for a break because I don't think Kikau can do 80. And then they move Salmon to 13. So I, I reckon Curran could be a really good pick. Bit of a gamble. Um, and when you're talking, you know, he's not in a great team, but when you're talking forwards, 
when you're not in a great team, you tend to make a lot of fucking tackles. Yeah. Which is where he's going to stack up a lot of points there. Yeah. So happy with Karen. 100%. Now, I love this pick because this is a player that you have spoken endlessly yeah. about. A little CBA of yours. Talk us through. Pick eight. Yeah, Seo Wong. Um, I was always going to draft him. It was funny. I, I drafted him round eight and a few of the boys in the room turned to me and go, huh, we thought you'd draft him earlier. <laughs> I went, yep, that's fair. Um, I'll be honest with you, I'm a little bit nervous about this pick to start the season, uh, but I think by the end of the year, Seo Wong, whether it be through injuries or just form on loan, I think he will be an 80-minute back row for the Roosters. So a bit of a long-term play. Um, they had their first trial the other day, Kat, and um, they started with Satili Tupinura on the left, yep. Nat Butcher on the right, and then I sort of thought, okay, Satili was injured last year. They're just giving him an opportunity. Um, then they took they moved Satili into the middle, and I thought, okay, They'll give Wong an opportunity on the left. They actually gave it to Angus Crichton. Mm. And then uh, Wong didn't get an opportunity on the right until Nat, Nat Butcher went off. So it's not looking great right now, if I'm being completely honest. Um, but I think long-term wise, uh, I think he's got potential to be one of the best two RFs in Supercoach. He's in a, he's in a, a team that's going to be decent, I think. Yeah. So he's one of my gambles I'm happy to take. And he's a classic. Probably could have waited two more rounds. But I didn't want to risk letting any other fucker get him. No, and I think it goes back to you always saying that at the end of the day you love to get a player that you enjoy watching. Yes. So why not take the the punt on that one? All right, pick nine. Pick Little, nine. Do your first Broncos player. Yeah, the big horse, Corey Oates. Um, I have heard very good things out of Brisbane about Corey Oates. Um, I think that he's going to have a real resurgence season. Um, you know, when you consider that – he wasn't in the Broncos team at the back end of last season. They went to a grand final. He wasn't in the side. Um, and then here we are in the preseason and Billy Slater selected him in his Maroon squad. That says a lot to me. Yeah, definitely. You can even, and I know it sounds stupid, but fuck, jump on Corey Oates' Instagram and have a look at him. He is looking <laughs> fit as a fiddle. Corey Oates is a guy that he's actually spoken about it before, um, that when he was younger it all came very easy to him. He already had the size, he had the speed um, and he didn't really work that hard. At his, like this, this is his words, not mine. He's spoken about it that he didn't work overly hard at his game and whatnot. It all just sort of came to him and, he, and he was, as he's got older, he sort of regretted not taking care of his body and everything when he was younger. I've never seen him looking this fit. Wow. I think he's been punched in the face last year, missed out on a Broncos grand final, missed out on that incredible run. Um, I, I reckon he's in for a... Huge bounce back this year. And the best thing about Corey Oates for Supercoach-wise, he takes a lot of hit-ups coming out of his own head. He's a big rangy thing, so he tends to break a lot of tackles. He's the sort of CTW that can score 40 a week without scoring a try. Um, and in that Broncos team outside Ezra Mam and Selwyn Cobo, my guy's going to score tries, not mm. to mention Reese Walsh. So I was very happy. We turned on the trial. And guess who scored the first try? Oh, as Kemby calls him, Oates McGoats. So very, very happy to have Corey Oates. Oh, I think that sounds like a fantastic pick for you. And in that same CTW position, your pick 10 is Daniel Tupo. And we have been talking about where he's going to fit into this Rooster side because with the arrival of Dom Young and everything, yep. we're kind of looking at how that side might be changing. So what are your thoughts there? Yeah, well, as I said, I was very excited to see Corey Oates score the first try uh, for the Broncos and Daniel Tupu scored two tries on the weekend. And Daniel Tupu scored two tries outside of our boy, Billy Smith. 
um, who I think has got that left center spot wrapped up. Uh, the guy, it was funny. The guy when I drafted Daniel Tupu, uh, one of the boys that had him last year, turned to me and said, "He's going to be a fucking nightmare." <laughs> and I said, "No, he won't, because Suwali is not going to be inside him." And he went, "How do you know that?" I went, "Trust me, Billy Smith's going to play center." Anyway, we, got, we then got to the trial and Billy Smith played centre and he was offloading at will. Yeah. So if, if Suwali did win that left centre spot, that would be a fucking nightmare. Mm. Uh, we do wish him all the very best, obviously, but the other thing that helped me was that Dom Young got injured the other day. Yeah. So it meant that Suwali has to play right wing. So for my super coach team, the dominoes sort of fell my way there, but I'm very confident in saying Billy Smith was going to be the left centre anyway. So... To get Daniel Tupu and Corey Oates, two CTWs round nine and ten, they are both guys that I genuinely think can be top 20 CTWs this year. Absolutely stoked with it. Oh, fuck, I can see the next pick coming. (sighs) Yes, now this is one that you've been very excited about as well. Very excited. I feel like you may as well um, just rename the whole studio. Yeah. Drew Hutchison studio. But, yeah, you love this guy and obviously a Bulldogs pick as well. Talk us through this one for you yeah it's wild to think i could be happy with drafting a bulldogs halfback um but i really like hacho what i like about him super coach wise is that he gets through a lot of base stats when he's playing halfback there's some games where he bases like 40 and 50 points it's it's fucking crazy um i really like hacho toby sexton's a very good player i said from i think when we had winston on a few weeks ago mm. i said i would love to see hacho at halfback you did i think say he's that. more suited to that team I think he's more suited to being a Bulldog as well. Um, the Bulldogs, they scored more points in the second half with Sexton the other night, I think, but I thought they looked better with Hutcho at halfback. Um, and I got a little word from Canterbury that he will be the halfback. So, And this go. is where you get to the back end of the draft and was there better players available than Hutcho? Bloody oath. But he there was, there was very few halfbacks left. Yeah. Um, and maybe I went a little bit early on Hutcho. I think it surprised a few people in the room. The other beauty of Hutchinson is that he's halfback slash CTW. So if I can find another halfback throughout the year, I can play Hutcho somewhere else. Um, and I'll honestly, with the rest of my team and the upside I've got, I don't need big points at halfback. I just need to not get 10. Yeah. If I can get 30 to 50 every week, that's all I need at halfback. I just don't need a bed shit at halfback, which is all I was looking for. Hacho does a job for me there. Hopefully he can hold on to that spot throughout the year. Um, I'm not – I don't think Canterbury are going to do well, but I think Hacho can play a good role there. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. I think it's a, it's capitalising on that individual performance too because these guys, these Bulldogs are going to come in there and really try so hard to be better than last year. And yes. I mean the, the bar is low. The bar is low. The bar is low, but I think there's a lot to be said for what they're going to do with that. Now, pick 12, I love this one because I, I'm just such a Travojevic fan, but um, Ben Travojevic. Yeah. Um, as I said, once I get past pick seven, I like to take a few gambles. Uh, Burbo uh, is firming to play on that left edge. I, it sounds to me like Josh Schuster will not be going to Vegas. I think they already said he's not. They've ruled him out, yeah. have they? Yep, makes sense. Yeah. Um, so Burbo, I believe, will start on that left edge. He's looked a million bucks in the preseason. For all the shit people want to give Luke Brooks and whatnot, fuck, he puts his back rowers in good spots. He always has, and it's the one thing that he's always done really well. Um, the thing I like about Burbo in that manly side is he's got Brooks putting him in good spots, and whenever they come down that left edge and when they're all fit, looming behind him is going to be Turbo. 
and all our eyes are always going to be on him. It's going to open so many opportunities for Burbo. The gamble with Burbo is the injuries. Yeah. My, my guy just can't stay fucking fit. Mm. I hope this is the year it comes together. And if it does, Burbo could honestly be one of the best draft picks of the year at pick 12. Um, the other beauty of Burbo, seemingly everyone got their jewels taken off him this year. He kept his for whatever fucking reason. Doesn't deserve it, but we're going to take it. <laughs> um, so I could plug him at CTW or to RF and solve a heap of problems for me. So injury is my biggest concern. Um, yeah, we'll see how that one plays yeah, we out. We will. Just stay fit and healthy, Bobo, please. All right, pick 13, Kai Pierce Paul. This is another <laughs> player that you have mentioned quite a few times. Yeah, uh, Kai Pierce Paul, I had got wind that – Tyson Rizal was going to play left edge at the start of the season, at the start of the preseason. Um, from what I've gathered, Kai Pierce Ball has been so impressive that they moved away from that. Um, I've, I've spoken to Jacko Hastings about Kai Pierce Ball. I know that he rates him very, very highly. Jacko will obviously be the left edge half. So um, I I went in just Saturday <laughs> very confident about Kai Pierce Ball that I would definitely get him and I'd take a gamble on him. I actually thought I'd go a little bit earlier than this. But the way that the draft played out, I sort of got a vibe that he was going to be sitting there for a while. Um, Then literally as I was making this pick, I'm sitting there watching the Newcastle Knights on TV and Dylan Lucas scored two tries playing left edge back row. Dylan Lucas is an absolute fucking gun. Um, I'm a little bit nervous about whether Kai Pierce-Paul gets this jersey. What I think will happen, and to be fair, Kai Pierce-Paul, he'll play in the Knights trial this weekend. So he's got his chance to respond. Um, what I think will happen is that Kai Pierce, Paul and Dylan Lucas are actually going to share minutes. Mm. I reckon one will come off the bench, one will start. So this one's going to be a bit of a painful watch to start. But I do believe that as Kai Pierce, Paul gets more and more used to the NRL, I think he can win that spot. Um, I, know, I know he's got the trust of Jackson Hastings. So I'm hoping that can push him into that spot. And if he does, I think there's big upside there. Um and as I said with Greg Marshew, if you can get a slice of that left edge of Newcastle, thanks for coming. So big gamble here, Kai Pierce, Paul. Don't know how it plays out. Um, kind of wish Dylan Lucas didn't exist, but he does. Um, and he's very fucking talented. So yeah. we'll see how we go. But as I said, uh, you get to the end of the season and you normally have about six to eight of the guy, six to eight of the 18 you drafted. If Kai Pierce, Paul is one of them, great. If he's not, so be it. So be it. Yeah, I really enjoyed watching that night's uh, preseason game as well. They played very well. All right, pick 14, Bud Sullivan. I like this one. Yeah, you do? I like yeah. this. I think I've mentioned to you before that I'm quite excited about Bud at yep. Tigers because I think he's, you know, always had so much potential at Dragons. But granted, it's another side that's on the up. You yep. know, they've got a lot of work to do, but I think he's young and he's got a lot of. A lot of determination. Yeah, look, Bud, um, by this point, very few 5.8s left. Um, and there was another 5.8 that may, I think I, I actually, I, I think this pick, I had Braden Trindle locked. I was mm. going to grab him. And then I think someone else picked him and I was like, okay, do I just fuck off 5.8 and move on? And then I thought, you know what, Bud Sullivan, his dual position, it's handy to have 
Uh, I think the Tigers improve. They came last last year, so I think they improve. <laughs> How much they improve, I don't know. I've always really liked Bud. Yeah. The thing with Bud in Supercoach is that he either scores 18 or 80. Mm. And I hate having those players in my team. Yeah. But when you get dual position and, you know, I sat there and I thought, fuck, this isn't Bud Sullivan that I'm hoping Tim Sheens can get the best out of him or Michael Maguire. It's Benji Marshall. Yeah. It's a different Bud. Surely if anyone's going to get something out of Bud, it's Benji. He's got a point to prove. And I just thought, you know what, he's dual position. Um, the beauty of him being dual position is that I can, if it works out, it means that I'm looking for a halfback or a 5'8 then. That's assuming if Hacho doesn't work out. Um, instead of just locking in a halfback or a 5'8 that I don't like, at least if he – and I, quite, quite often I take picks, Kat, that I think – I don't think they're going to work out. Mm. But I get a lot of things wrong as well. People only mm. talk about the things I get right. I get a lot of things wrong as well. Um, and if Bud Sullivan happens that I get him wrong, I've got a dual position guy that's going to absolutely fly. So Exactly. Left half back in 5'8 till very late. I'm actually okay with what I came out with. I don't think that that's a bad pick at all. But once again, I could be very wrong. It's a gamble. It is a gamble. It is a gamble, yeah, gamble yeah. definitely. Yeah. And I think you're, when you're talking half backs in 5'8 and super coach, you're always comparing them to oh, they're no Cleary, they're no yeah. Hines, these sort of guys. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm happy to watch Bud. He's exciting to watch. Mm. I thought he looked good on the weekend in his trial. Mm. I watched him very closely. I think Aiden Caesar's going to be really good for him. And I think the thing that I love most about Bud is that it's not a contract year for Bud, but it's a year. Hey, do you want to play with Jerome Luai or not? Yeah. Are you the guy? Yeah. So he's got something to prove this year, which excites me. Yeah. No, definitely, I agree with that. All right, let's talk. Pick 15, you have Inari Tuala. Yeah, Inari Tuala, um, a guy that's been at the Newcastle Knights for a minute, um, sort of been in and out of first grade the entire time. My mail is that Tuala will win the right wing spot. Um, that was obviously on Saturday that I had that mail. Um, since then, uh, the great Barry Tui, who's um, – have you heard the name Barry Tui? I have. Yeah, so he's like um, – He's like the main guy to get Goss out of at the Newcastle Knights. Uh, he's mentioned that Inari Tuala has run, won that right wing spot. So Mayo was on the money, thankfully. Took him pick 15. Cat, uh, as you would know, the leading try scorer in the NRL last year was Dom Young. Do I think Inari Tuala is Dom Young? No, I do not. But if I can get a guy at pick 15 who plays right wing for the Newcastle Knights outside Dan Gago, where the top try scorer was next year, last year. Thanks for coming. Yeah, I mean, you know they know how to get a ball out yes. to that right wing. Yeah. So. so we'll take that, um, which, yeah, I think there's every chance round one I end up with both Newcastle Knights wingers and with KP feeding them pill. I love that. The other beauty of this is that if I was playing the Newcastle Knights, the last person in the fucking world I'd want to kick the ball to is Greg Marshew. So who am I going to kick the ball to? The other side. Tuala. So <laughs> I think he'll collect a lot of base stats, uh, but thankfully Greg's not a lazy bastard, so he'll run over there to get hit up still. Yeah. So I like that. And if I'm the Newcastle Knights, my fullback who my entire fucking future and franchise relies on, I'm probably telling him, hey, don't take as many tough carries out mm. of your own end. Let your mm. wingers do the work. Some good strategy there once again from you, Guru. All right, let's talk – Pick 16. I like this. Actually, it's your first Raiders pick as well. Yeah. Morgan Smithies. Yeah, coming over from England, um, I watched and I spoke about this on the show a couple of weeks ago. I think you were here when I when I was talking about it with Tim. 
I watched a couple of clips of Morgan Smithies a few weeks ago, workhorse, but I just thought this guy has no upside. Can't pass a football, can't offload. Um, we went to a Ricky Stewart luncheon a few weeks ago. Um, so obviously a lot of Raiders admin and stuff were there and Tim obviously knows quite a few of them through Sam and whatnot. So I was having beers with them and talking about them and, mate, they would not fucking shut up about this Morgan Smithies. Wow. They would not shut up about him. And, Kat, it took me back to about five years ago. I was sitting in the same spot I was sitting in in draft day and there was this guy that was on the board sitting there who was come from England that was a bit of an unknown. His name was John Bateman. Mm-hmm. And all I'd done is looked at him and thought, you're too small. You won't make it in the NRL. And then I thought, you know what? He's CTW slash 2RF. He's going to play in the forward pack. I think he's not going to be good, but let's take a gamble on me being wrong. And I picked up John Bateman. Um, he averaged 70 in the CTWs that year and was sort of a top 10 player. So. Wow. I'm always happy to take a gamble on the fact that I could be wrong. From what I've heard from all these Raiders guys, Morgan Smithies is absolutely killing it down there. Um, I was doing a bit of research the day before draft day on him because they started to tickle my interest. He's had a couple – like he, he, I think he owns the record in Super League for the most tackles ever made in a game. Wow. Um, there was a game there where he made 62 tackles and he had 20 hit-ups. So that's like a 100-point game in Supercoach. Um, is he going to do that every week? No, of course not. But I don't know. I just I, – I get the John Bateman feels about this guy and if a guy comes down there and he's tough as nails, he's going to make more tackles than anyone – Ricky Stewart, 101. Yeah. He loves fucking battlers that will just put their head where most wouldn't put their foot. So Morgan Smithies, I am actually really excited about him now. I think at pick 16, he's got potential to be my best pick of all. I love and it. I reckon there's a chance he ends up in the front row, which mm-hmm. means he might get dual position. Unreal. Yeah. Unreal. Look, I mean, if they're talking about him at the uh, Raiders lunch on. Tell me about it. Got to be a good sign, surely. All right, it's your fourth Cowboy pick comes in at 17 and this is another player that you've spoken about a lot and I think uh, Timmy's spoken about a lot too, uh, Kyle Feld. Yeah, we uh, – Donnie came in the other day and we it had a pretty Donnie, intense that's conversation. Right. Yeah. Donnie, who basically was writing a love letter to yes. Kyle Felt that entire episode. I was not writing a love letter to Kyle Felt. Um, I – Kyle Felt has been a great Cowboys player for a very long time. He's obviously come up with some of the uh, – like he's, in my opinion, he's probably scored the biggest try in rugby league history um, in the 2015 grand final. Um, he's been a tremendous player for a long time. Me right now, I would not pick Kyle Felt in the mm-hmm. Cowboys team. I would go for Semi Valame. Um, and to be honest with you, his trial form against a pretty much full-strength Broncos side last week reflects that. But I think the Cowboys, there's every chance they go Kyle Felt. Um, potentially for the reasons that Donnie spoke about the other day, I think he's two tries away from Cowboys record. Um, he's an experienced guy. Ho- I'm hoping he has a bounce back. The only reason why I picked Kyle Felt is because it was pick 17 and I have Scott Drinkwater. Mm. Uh, what is, Scott Drinkwater scores so many points throwing cutout passes to his wingers. Um, so, you know... It, if I didn't have drink water, I wouldn't have even looked at Kyle okay. Felt. I'm really not a big Kyle Felt fan, but you got to give the guy credit. He knows how to score a fucking try. Um, I think it'll be Semi Valame. If I'm wrong and it's Scott Drinkwater and it's Kyle Felt, absolutely stoked. 
I solely picked him because I have Scott Drinkwater. Well, one thing we can guarantee is Donnie is very happy up in North Queensland knowing that that is your draft Yeah, I, I'm actually – I'm really not looking forward to hearing from him. He's a draft <laughs> guy too, so he'll be watching this for sure. So I shout out to you, Donnie. Yeah. Prick. Wasn't he – I think Kyle felt will be Donnie's first pick. He'd be right up there with them. Right <laughs> up there with them, yeah. All right, let's talk your 18th pick, the last one. And this is another player that you spoke a lot about. Um, very exciting. Great performance in the trials as well. Yeah. Um, let's so talk about him. in a Supercoach draft comp, when you get down to your last pick, cat, like you pick players and you put them into positions and then you put them on the bench. So what I ended up with was the only position I had available was front row forward. Yeah. And I leave that to the end because I don't give a fuck about front row forwards. Um, so it was very grim when I, when we, we'd already picked 600 players and then the only players I could pick were front row forwards and they were all benches and shit. Yeah. And I just thought, you know what, he did well in the trial the other yeah. day. He was about three times bigger than I thought he was. He was enormous, Sam Hughes. Um, and I just thought, Bulldogs, their middles are just shit house. Yeah. They have no one. I think he'll play decent minutes. Almost scored a try the other night just because he's a big body close to the line. I'm not expecting him to score too many tries. But I just thought, you know what, There's there was about 90 front row forwards for me to pick from and I thought they were all pretty shit. Um, Sam Hughes has... Every potential to be shit as well. But mm-hmm. I thought, you know what, why not take the unknown? Feel good likes him. They're short on middles. All I want from my front row forwards, just score me 40 points. Score yeah. me 40 points and don't be a pain in my ass. That's all I want. So Sam Hughes, pick 18. See how we go. Every chance he's not in my team <laughs> by week two. Uh, <laughs> but that's that's the point of draft, isn't it? Yeah, so this is true. If he can just not be a pain in my ass, die, sure, whatever. Yeah. I mean, like you said, 18th pick. You just you work with what you've got at that point. Yeah. And I think, once again, based on the conversations you've had, I think it's a it's a good pick, one to watch anyway. But um that's that's your team. Yeah, pretty happy with it. Um those that, you know, tune into the draft content every year. When I got my team last year, Kat, I took a lot of gambles. Like mm. I took a lot of gambles and my team looked awful in week one and I copped it on social media relentlessly. Oh, no. And I just sort of said, look, just give me six weeks. Just just let some things fall into place. We'll see how we go. Um, you know, I drafted Jermaine Osako, pick 17. He ended up the best CTW of the competition. Drafted Cody Walkover on bag that. He had a fantastic season. I ended up trading him for Kalen Ponga, so that didn't work out too badly for me. Um, Ended up trading Jermaine Osako for Turbo, which did end pretty badly for me. Um, But, yeah, there was a lot of guys last year that I picked that in March people said, what the fuck, why would you do that? And I think my team is a little bit more consistent this year. But if I can just get one of Sia Wong, Kai Pierce-Paul or Morgan Smithies to jump out of the ground and be really good – uh, I think I've got one hell of a footy side on my hands here, one hell of a super coach side. I love it. I I genuinely am excited about some of those picks, but like you said, you know, within a couple of weeks it could look quite different. Which of my picks, which one do you love the most? Which one do you hate the most? I want raw honesty. Okay. All right, all right, all right. I'm going to say Josh Curran is my favourite pick. Ooh, okay. Now this goes back to what I was saying earlier. Curran is a player I've always picked in my in in any kind of fantasy equivalent game that I've played. I'll yep. always pick Josh Curran because he's not the most popular pick, but I love his consistency. 
And for me, he's a workhorse. He's always in there doing everything he can. So he gets the minutes and, and he'll get whatever points are available to him. So for that reason, I really, really like him. I also rate that Drinky was your first pick. I, mm. I think once again, like a great pod in that sense. And my least favourite pick. Can I guess? Yes. Least favourite pick. I reckon I reckon you will go with I reckon Lomax or Hacho. So Lomax for me it's just that difficulty of it being a Dragons player and not knowing what he's going to be doing for that side. Um, So, yeah, to an extent it's that one. But I actually think my least favourite pick is Carl Felt. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but he's picked 17, so yeah. it's sort of like... It's a bit gives, like I, on fuck, the bench I hate anyway. the Carl Feld pick too, let's be honest here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think with Carl Feld as well that if... Valame or Murray Tomalangi are injured. He mm. comes in. So if anything happens to if anything happens to any of their outside backs, he comes into the side as well. So once again, if I didn't have Scott Drinkwater, I fuck, I wouldn't go near Kyle Full yeah, no, with a ten foot pole. Yeah. Uh, but that's Supercoach draft. It um, is. So if you get given lemons, you got to make lemonade sometimes, and we're making Kyle Felt lemonade this year. So <laughs> ugh, it's the first time I've ever owned him, and I've taken a lot of pride throughout my career um, not owning him. It did. Uh, it did give me a little giggle as we so as we're drafting cat. We've got white butcher's paper along all the um, windows in this room, and as you pick a player, you write it on the board that you've picked them. We we do this so that if the system completely shits itself, we've got it yep. all, which came in handy last year. The system did shit itself. We had to start again, <laughs> so we had them all, thank God, uh, which I'd highly advise everyone should do at home. But um, And we take turns writing them up. So like generally like if, if I pick a guy and then my next my next pick's 14 picks away, I'll jump up and I'll write a few on, then I'll mm. give the pen to someone else like that. Um, anyway, I went to when, – when I drafted Sam Hughes, my last pick, I went to write him on my board – and um, <laughs> I got up there and um, the guy that had written Kyle Felt for me had read Felt, then in brackets written D's nuts. <laughs> I thought, ah, that almost makes it all worthwhile. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's really good gear. I was, I was very upset with myself for drafting Kyle Felt and I got up there and thought, ah, maybe it's all worthwhile. It was, it was worth it after all. Well worth it. It was. But, yeah, that's draft day 2024. Uh, very happy with the team. We'll give you pretty regular updates. I'm planning, Kat, I haven't told you this yet, and this is probably the dribbliest stupid thing we can do, but uh, we're going to have like a press conference each week for my Supercoach draft team this year. Fantastic. Yeah, you're in for it. So brace yourself for that. I cannot wait. And yeah. I assume I am running the press conference. Yeah, so unfortunately for you, not only is there now 17 NRL teams you need to follow, but there's an 18th. Uh, <laughs> Supercoach draft team you need to follow. I also thought it was a very good omen uh, drafting Zach Lomax, my team name this year in draft. Um, you are a Simpson fan, right? Mm-hmm. 
Do you remember when Mars Simpson gets really stressed and she needs to go away for a couple of I days? Do. do you remember where she went? No. Rancho Relo. Rancho Relaxo. So my team this year, Rancho Relomaxo is the team name. So I thought it was a good omen to get Lomax as well. Yeah. No, look, it's he's in, gonna be an interesting pick mm. regardless. And he's I gonna think, frustrate me a lot. Yeah. And but but that's part of the fun, right? Yes. Now shout out to those 17 players that have been selected. Congratulations. Uh it is gonna be a fun year. Uh, but I am going to be pretty brutally honest in our press conferences each week. So okay. uh, iron sh- sharpens iron. Um, I'm looking for a good draft season this year. And, Kat, we, uh, I-, I normally take my premiership rings down on the weekend away and I left them at home this year to make a statement that we're all about the next ring. Yeah. It's been a while since I've won a comp. Been, How long? Uh, well, I, um, I won my first season. I lost the grand final the year after, then I won the next season. So I had two rings in three years uh, and I haven't won since. So it's been about seven years. I've lost Ooh. five, four grand finals in that time. I've got close, but no cigar. Um, and, yeah, so I, I need to get one. I did I did tell my now wife a couple of years ago that she doesn't get a ring until I get another one because ever since being with her I haven't won one. So I'm not pointing <laughs> fingers. But uh, anyway, I uh, folded like wet origami on that and now have that ring. So I think this is the year. I would ask you which ring is uh, more special to you. Don't. But Please I, don't. I want you to remain happily married. Yes. So. Yeah, good shout. Good shout. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, thank you for joining us. Once again, if you're on YouTube, subscribe. We are absolutely flying through YouTube subscribers, which is really good to see. Uh, we've got plenty of Supercoach content coming this year. We're going to have, uh, I believe, a Patreon for Supercoach as well that uh, you'll get more details about over the next few weeks. Uh, it'll be pretty cheap and you'll be getting some stats and some numbers that – you can't get anywhere else. So uh, very, very excited for that. You'll also get my team reveals every single week. I'll be opening the doors to my trades and everything. Uh, it'll be really, really exciting. So keep an eye out for that. Um, anything from you? No. Katmandu or we good? Katmandu. Katmandu. Very nice. I, I I hope that there's a new nickname every Probably won't be. Okay. <laughs> I'm good. running short already. <laughs> Doing on. my best though. Leave, Leave it with me. Leave your best nickname in the comments. Yeah. Uh, make sure you go follow Kat on Instagram at Katadad and all your social medias and we will see you next time on the Rugby League Guru Podcast.